Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Backstage Gaming, dramatic takes on your favorite games. I'm Chris. And I'm Dylan. And we're here again, like we are every week so far in 2021. What a what a frabjous day. We found our groove again. Yeah, let's keep this train rolling. Let's do it. Uh, and this week, we... Dylan and I were messaging, and we were we were planning out our uh, our recording time for this week, and figuring out what it was we were going to talk about. And we were both like, "Yeah, I don't really know." Like we've, we, you know, I've got an idea that like might be an episode, but I'm not sure. And Dylan was like, "I've got one too, but what's yours?" And I was like, "I want to talk about collaborative play," and I'll get into what that means. And Dylan responded, "Holy fuck, that was my idea too. What the fuck." <laughs> Uh, so even if we don't really know what we're doing, we're doing it together, and we're very much on the same page. So I guess to start with, Dylan, what what does collaborative play mean to you? Um, I feel like that's a very wide, open-ended question. It really is. And th- I'm not going to be satisfied with the answer I pick. But at least uh, the collaborative play I had in mind when I pitched this episode idea to you who had already pitched it to me. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I was, I was watching someone stream them attempting to clear a bullet hell one CC, which means uh, one credit continue, meaning you don't die. And as I was watching that and kind of seeing him talk with people in chat about like different patterns and, Oh, if you are able to kill this enemy on this stage, you'll get an, an extra life. That should help with the, or I guess it's an extend. Uh, I'm, I'm getting too deep into terminology. <laughs> uh, basically, you'll, you'll get an extra hit that you can take that won't count against what you are trying to accomplish. And as I was watching that, like it kind of answered a question I had for like the longest time where, you know, um, shoot em ups, bullet hells, all that stuff like was from arcades. And as I have been playing bullet hells and like getting into them, I always had this question of, wow, this must've been impossible for people to learn before home ports. How did people get good at shmups and shoot like, you know, these, the genre of games that is designed to be difficult and quarter munchy. And I realized like arcades are a public space. So as you're waiting to play, there might be someone like you might be in line even or part of an audience to whoever's playing currently. And if they're around your skill level, it's kind of this communal thing of everyone kind of learning and trying to piece the game even when they're not playing. Um, And this is a complete theory. Unfortunately, um, I did not grow up in an era where video games were at their peak. But it, it gave me something to think about where, you know, I think nowadays we have... 
that's kind of moved to Twitch streaming, where someone will confer with the chat, and the chat will be sharing different things and different knowledge about the game, um, if yeah. backseat gaming is allowed. Yeah, and I've kind of been experiencing that firsthand. I've mentioned that I've kind of gotten into the streaming game recently, uh, and one of the one of the things I've been streaming is I have been using this as peer pressure to get myself to finally beat uh, a FromSoft game because I've played a fair amount of Dark Souls and Dark Souls 3 and Bloodborne and Sekiro, but I have not beaten any of them. So I was like, fuck it, I'll play this on stream and we'll see what happens. And it's been kind of fun as we've been getting deeper and deeper into Dark Souls, into the areas that I don't remember as well from my previous attempts, kind of playing a game with the chat of like, okay, I don't want spoilers. Like, I want to be surprised by the things to come, but I would very much like tips and tricks. Like, right. give me, for lack of a better way of putting it, give me the, the big brother treatment of like, you've played the game before, you're watching me play, help me not make an absolute fool of myself without, like, giving up the secrets and the fun of the discovery. Right. And I think that that's something, like, when I when I came to the idea of collaborative play, it was from a slightly different angle. I was thinking of it from the act of playing games being something that is, or is often at least, enhanced by doing it with other people. Mm-hmm. Um. Which is not exactly the same as yours, but yours kind of fits into that very neatly, too. Like, that that's kind of... Like you said, I did not grow up, neither of us grew up in the era where, like, the video arcade was still, like, a thing in the way I, that it had we been really in some parts the of the world. of that. Yeah. But, like, that... I have been to arcades, and I have been to, like... If you go to, like, the, the gaming corner of a convention where they have the arcade machine set up... There really is this kind of very fun, almost electric energy of everybody, like, gathered around this piece of gaming equipment that, like, you can't really find anywhere else. Like, watching and learning and waiting for your turn to see if you can piece together what you're seeing other people do. Mm -hmm. It's a really cool experience. Yeah, and I, I, I think... Sorry, I'm... I'm... My my brain is like, uh, which direction do I want to take this next? Yeah, there, there's a lot of different areas of this topic, and this so this is going to be kind of a piecemeal episode, I think, of like yeah, us I, bouncing I, around. I believe so. Um, I wouldn't have it any other way. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so I I think that's kind of the the fun thing about these types of games. And um, okay, I remember where I was going to go with this. I. Don't know if this is a quote that's actually contributable to him, because I, I heard this through a friend, so there's no way that, like, I can verify this as of sure. recording this episode. But I believe that Hideki Kamiya, known director of Resident Evil 2, Devil May Cry 1, um, Bayonetta, like, he... I believe he's been quoted saying that um, a lot of the games that he creates, he creates with this mindset of growing up in arcades and being impressed by something you you see another player do that changes the way you think about the game and like just kind of you know the game is a single player experience but uh, there's so many little hidden tips and tricks that like when you watch someone else play it can it can be eye-opening because there's that level of expression to it 
Yeah, yeah. When I learned, I was watching someone do a Let's Play, because I think Let's Plays are equally applicable to this, where I was watching someone do a Let's Play of Star Fox 64, a game that I I had played dozens, if not hundreds of times at Mm -hmm. that point. And despite me playing the game all that much, I did not realize that you can chain together you you can there's there's a technique you can do to score bonus points where if you hit multiple enemies with a single shot that those those points get like double counted or something like that um it it's been a while since i've played star fox 64 now but i i remember that being roughly what the the strategy was and i had never known that and so the next time i booted up star fox 64 when i got home from college i was like i i want to try that um, and I think, you know, could I have figured that out on my own? It's possible if I, if I ever paid attention to stuff like that, but I think what, what's really fun about games being more of an online thing now is that I did see that through, maybe it wasn't a direct interaction, but I was viewing the content that someone else had uploaded and they didn't even bring attention to the fact that they were chaining the shot for for points, but they just did it so matter of factly, and it was something I'd never seen before. And I was like, "Oh, that's cool." Yeah, yeah. Now, I think that that's something that's really interesting about Twitch streaming and let's plays is it's, and part of this is getting into you know discussion of parasocial relationships and that sort of created sense of familiarity between somebody like a streamer or a let's player and the audience because it's built around this thing that both people have like both sides of that relationship have this very close re- like knowledge of in you know just like what it's like to play a game that's headier than I want to get right now um <laughs> but uh there's there's something really interesting about that kind of experience and how it really does very closely mimic the same feeling of like, I don't know if everyone had this experience, but I certainly did. When you're 12 and you go over to your friend's house and you like take turns playing a single player game and passing the controller back and forth and just like shooting the shit while you play. And like, I think that's real. That's something that's very fascinating, especially like, uh, not to constantly name drop the same internet personality, but I, I'm a big fan of of Dan Floyd, formerly of Extra Credits, now of New Frame Plus. Um, and he has a Let's Play channel called Playframe, where he plays all kinds of things. But in particular, uh, he did a very long playthrough of Hollow Knight a couple years ago, um, which he went into basically completely blind. And it was so fascinating watching him play that game completely blind but with these like cryptic notes from his comment section (laughs) that you would all you know he would always get to like you would see the the results of them like two weeks later because of the the schedule at which he played and uploaded things right but he was getting this drip of like fairly well coded for lack of a better word information like they were not spoiling anything but he would ask questions or they would they would drop little hints of like, hey, 
there is stuff that you will miss if you do not go to this area and have another poke around. Were and they, it, were they <laughs> were they worded like Dark Souls hints? Not quite, but like every now and then you'd get one that was, which was mm-hmm. really fucking cool. <laughs> um, but it's it's so funny because like I can so clearly remember like playing games with as an example when I grew when I was growing up the the first two consoles I got were hand-me-downs. I got my older siblings NES and then their their N64. Mm-hmm. My older brother had put in a ton of time into playing his copy of Ocarina of Time. Mm-hmm. And I have so many memories like they're not even like clear memories anymore. They're just like this sort of melange of memories of sitting on the couch playing Ocarina of Time and getting lost because I was like five years old and my older brother kind of like, you know, prompting me into like, oh, no, you didn't go through that door up there. Like, oh, you know, remember the guy said you need to go to up the mountain, not back to <laughs> Castletown for the 18th time, you dolt. Uh, <laughs> but it, it's there's something about that experience of like sharing something like sharing in play, even if it's not a multiplayer game, mm-hmm. that is so like I maybe this is solely something for like our generation that grew up with like couch co-op. Well, actually, I was going to mention uh, an example that's not our generation. Oh, go for it. So I I was talking about this with my dad like six months ago, something like that. Um, and I he he was telling me that like you know. They got the Nintendo Entertainment System as a novelty um, until I started hunting for retro games. Uh, We basically had a bunch of sports games, a Jeopardy game, a Wheel of Fortune game, and the first two Mario Brothers games. Uh, That being said, I played the shit out of the first two Mario Brothers games, um, and I thought I was hot shit as a kid. um, And my dad was like, Yo, let me play. I could show you a thing or two. And I'm like, no way, Dad. You're fucking old. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, because video games are for kids, and I'm a cool, hip kid who likes video <laughs> games. I'm cool. Yeah. Not lame. And, you know, I, I remember I gave my dad the controller, and he found it, like, the the hidden block. I didn't even know the hidden block was a concept in mario brothers but he found a hidden block and got a one-up <laughs> and it blew my seven-year-old mind or however old i was um how did you do that dad are you a wizard are you a mario like, wizard i was like how many times has he played this game i thought he was a boring adult who liked sports <laughs> i'm leaning into the bit obviously but uh like so a few months ago i was talking with him about it and you know i wasn't like, yeah, I was super impressed that you found that hidden block. But he, he basically told me that I think it was either while him and mom were at grad school or shortly after. He told me how uh, he, him and mom would, like, play the game. And then, like, someone either at work or a training program or whatever it was, they also had the game. And so they would actually share and swap secrets and things they discovered. Which, you know, I did not think that my parents who... We're in their mid when like, you know, they were our age when the NES came out. Uh, I didn't think they would get that into it or that involved in it, but it, it was, it even worked for them. Like, they're not gamers, but at the same time, they participated in that communal game discovery, which I find really cool. 
Yeah, and it that's a great way of of segueing off of the gamer side of things and into like the obvious parallel here is that if you have ever talked to someone who is insufferable about the entertainment that they enjoy, you've probably heard some variation of like, there's nothing like live theater. <laughs> and <laughs> I mean <laughs> Sorry. I don't know why. I think the reason I'm laughing is because I I was thinking about this sentiment yesterday. So continue. <laughs> yeah, and it's it is a thing that is like, I can't disagree. Like, one of the reasons I love stage acting so much is that element of, like, you are in a room with people making choices in real time and getting feedback from the audience on those choices in real time. Performing and, on a stage is like being in a fucking roguelike. Yeah, it it is... <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna puke. Uh, <laughs> But like no, like it is it is genuinely exhilarating in a way that it is very difficult to match. And like that is true as from a like from a viewer's perspective too. Like I back before the dark plague times, I loved go like one of my favorite things about living in Chicago was not just being able to audition for and perform in shows but being able to like go and see so much live theater chicago is an incredible theater town mm -hmm. but at the same time like that that is something that i think is kind of getting to the same heart of what we're talking about here with like playing games together is there is something really energizing about being able to share in an action even if it, that action is as simple as like you're both sitting on the couch watching Samus Aran run through Brinstar and like taking turns being the person in charge of that. But at the same time, to 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 flip this on its head on my aforementioned straw man who is uh, pretentious about his entertainment, the existence of and popularity of things like Twitch streaming and Let's Plays and like the way that these people are able to build these huge followings out of hey, come hang out with me while I play a game. That speaks to, like, this does not need to be an in-person thing. And now you might see where I'm going with this. Hey, every Broadway show, put your shit available for streaming. <laughs> this is one of, my, one of my small petty soapboxes that every now and then I'll go over to the backstage gaming closet and pull one out and stand on and have a small speech. But did y'all see... How crazy everyone went when Hamilton was released on Disney+. Plus. Did you see how much hype that generated? Because suddenly, you didn't need to be able to either live in or afford to travel to New York City on top of the cost of a Broadway show ticket to be able to experience this piece of art. You could just do it on your TV. Yeah, the Broadway business model is some bullshit, ain't it? It's some bullshit. Like, <laughs> again, there is a, a beauty and an energy in live theater that is not replicable like that is as as pretentious as that might sound it is just kind of true it is a yeah. different beast to be able to be in the room however as someone who doesn't live in new york city and doesn't have the money to just like travel to new york city on a whim even if there wasn't a plague on there are so many shows that i have heard about that i will never get to see so many directors doing interesting things with stage craft and 
direction and lighting and like all of these things that I think are so cool that are just not available to me and not available to tons of other people who would love to see it and who would get a lot out of it. And I think, I guess, to use Twitch as an example, the existence of Twitch streaming, nobody is like, well, I can go watch the Game Grumps Let's Play of this game, therefore, I have no reason to boot up <laughs> Shovel Knight while I'm hanging out with my friends in my apartment. Like, those two things do not cause the... Like, the one does not cause the other one to not have its value and have its entertainment effect. Right. Similarly, there are people... Hell, if I lived in New York City and was fucking loaded, I would be one of them. There are people who will not care that you are putting your Broadway shows up on... I don't fucking know, Hulu. They will still want to go and see the live performances. And there are people who cannot afford or make that, like, justify the expense of going to a live performance who would be absolutely thrilled and pay you a lot of money, too, probably, to be able to watch those shows on a streaming platform. Don't musicians make most of their money through live performances? I don't actually have a statistic to back I, that up. I, but... I have no statistics either, but I wouldn't especially nowadays that, like, album sales are absolutely a thing of the past, it would not surprise me. Like, they're, they're sure as shit not making most of their money through Spotify. That's what I I'm thinking, yeah. I can tell you yeah. that. So, like, I don't know, like, I'll, I, I will tuck my, my soapbox back in the closet now, but, like, that's that's to, to do what I want to do more of on the show and tie it to, like, our theater and our acting backgrounds. One of That's one of the things about this topic that got me excited is, like, you know, I'm not going to say playing Hollow Knight with my fiance has gives me the same rush as performing on a stage. <laughs> but, like, there's a similar energy there. There's a similar energy. <laughs> that really got you. Which do you like more, Chris? I'm curious. <laughs> I, I treasure every moment I get to spend with my loved ones. Uh, <laughs> the stage. But, Yes. <laughs> My true love. <laughs> um, but no, like, there, I, I guess I would equate it, in. A, it, there's a similar energy when you're playing a game, especially like, no, I've, I'm, if I keep talking, I'm going to go off on another huge tangent. Let's take a quick break. We'll come back from this. Uh, let's, let's duck into the playbill really quick. We'll see you in a little bit, everybody. <laughs> And here we are in the playbill. Hey, Dylan. Hey, what's up? Tell me about this other show. I'm sorry you had to find out like this, except <laughs> no, wait. I, no, I'm fucking not. You've been on this show. <laughs> uh, so the other show in question, the the one that we, we don't talk about, except in the playbill, is uh, Dude, You Remember Macross, which is a show with me and our mutual friend Coop. And we talk about retro anime. Uh, we, we talk about this old 80s anime called Super Dimensional Fortress Macross, which is a science fiction mecha anime about mechs, but also about pop culture and um, the burden of celebrity and society and all these cool things that mix into a 
cocktail that's not like any other mecha anime you've ever seen. So if that sounds interesting to you, you can find us on anchor.fm slash remember, and we are also on Spotify, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. You should also go check out The Unexplored Places. It's an actual play show currently using the uh, Scum and Villainy game system to tell a story about space criminals who are okay at their jobs. Uh, Dylan and I are both <laughs> in it as player characters it's a great show for us to record and i've heard nothing but rave reviews from people who've listened to it so you should go check it out it's a great time you can find them on twitter at unexplored cast or by going to unexploredcast.libsyn.com uh thank you as always to the hp video game podcast network for having us on the network it is a network full of podcasts about video games as you might have been able to guess uh it's a great it's a great group of shows there's a bunch of shows from all different angles from the sort of news side to the more analytical side to the uh development industry side there there's a show there for you almost certainly if you like our show uh which i hope you do if you're listening this far Uh, um you can find them always being retweeted over on Twitter at HPVGPodNetwork. Thank you also to our patrons at patreon.com slash bsgpod. Thanks to you, we do not lose money making this show. We do not have to worry about, like, you know, dipping into our own pockets for things like web hosting fees, which is an incredible uh, privilege and luxury. And thank you so much to everyone who has made that possible. And if you like our show and want to support it in a very direct way, patreon.com slash bsgpod is a great place to do that. Hey, Dylan, any other announcements for you personally? Not right now, no. All right, me neither. So let's get back to the action. (laughs) (laughs) So, here we are. I got real heated a minute ago, so Dylan, do you have a nice cooling balm of topic (laughs) for us? Oh, we're not going to roll on through with that righteous fury? I feel like it'll it'll come back, I'm sure. But I need to I need to ration that. This can't be the Chris yells about theater inequity show. <laughs> That's fair. I'm setting up a separate podcast for that. You're, it's not true. I don't think it's time a for a second podcast. podcast. <laughs> I I think uh and this is kind of to take the next logical step of what I was talking about previously. I think uh, there is a competitive nature to this communal side of single player gaming. Um, where, like, not necessarily in a way that is toxic, although I suppose it had, like, toxicity exists. So, anyway, um, I think what's fun is there. there's kind of this idea of, oh man, I want to step up to what that person's doing. And I guess I'm kind of reiterating what I was talking about earlier, but I, I think there's this idea of discovery. I'm, tr- I'm sorry, Chris. I'm actually trying to, I'm trying to figure out the heart of what I want to say. I, I think I'm getting to it. And if I can, this, this is sp- prompted an anecdote in me. So maybe okay. this will help you find your words. Uh, but what you're saying, item one sounds like some major shonen anime goofiness and I love it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I want to get on their level. Yeah. But also very much describes to bring this back because apparently I'm not allowed to go an episode without talking about this, uh my experience of getting more into fighting games over the last year. <laughs> Which well, was I kind of two pronged and it went along both sides of this kind of like this this sort of topic that we've been using. On the one hand, I found a handful of 
content creators on YouTube who were putting out videos of them playing fighting games that I was interested in, primarily Dragon Ball Fighters, but also some other Arxis games and some uh, some SNK games. And watching them play got me excited about trying to like get like you were just saying get on that level like Mm -hmm. i was watching these people play games that like i had a passing familiarity with but wasn't very good at and watching them like move so precisely and like string together these combos and confirm hits and like play really good footsies and all of these like fighting game things that i had been struggling with watching someone do that while also like being fun to listen to as they were just like chatting Mm-hmm. got me excited to practice and then on the other side you and i dylan started playing fighting games more regularly online against each other mm-hmm. and again thinking about like if we had been growing up in more like if i had been 12 in like night in like 1988 1992 that window mm-hmm. i 100% would have been like an arcade going kid Oh, absolutely. Playing, playing at the fighting game cabinets as much as I possibly could. <laughs> and I think that, like, that atmosphere of, like, feeling like you have someone that you are testing yourself against for certain kinds of games is such a driving factor. Mm-hmm. Like, obviously, in something like fighting games or, like, you know, your your story about playing Mario Kart with your dad and trying to beat each other's time trials and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But even, like you were saying with Bullet Hells, like the couple of times I've been to arcades, there's definitely a little part of my brain where I'm watching someone on, I don't fucking know, I'm going to pull the first arcade game that you know I might. Someone's playing Joust, and I'm waiting my turn, and I'm like, I'm going to beat their fucking high score. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to let them show me up. I'm going to get up there, and I'm going to do better than this guy did. And, like, it's not a big part of my brain, but it's there. And I think that that's, like... That level of, like, friendly competition is a huge aspect of what makes playing games in the same space as other people so fun. Whether that space is, like, physically, like, you're at the arcade or, like, you know, you want to be the person who wins the next game of Fall Guys. You want to be the winner of the Battle Royale game you're playing. Like, actually, I don't know. It, uh, like, I, I just thought of this just now, but I think the closest thing I ever got to that mass arcade culture feeling vibe um was actually when devil may cry 5 came out and or uh before devil may cry 5 came out when there were like you know these um booths and whatnot of like people playing the game like doing what would later become the official game demo of devil may cry 5 people would line up to play the game and they would have like I don't remember the time limit, so I'm just going to throw out a random number, like 10 minutes to complete the level. And, you know, if you died, that was it. And the S rank was, for the demo specifically, was extremely hard to get. But if you did it, you would unlock a little end card. That was just a nice little bonus to say, hey, congratulations, you did it. And so, uh, you know a lot of fans would be watching people uh, post their recorded footage of them taking their crack at the demo and trying to get that S rank. But at the same time, there were people who had played the demo who were like getting together on message boards and trying to be like, all right, so I've noticed that um, the jump cancel now has this property and blah, blah, blah. And, 
you know, it seems like the the raid the ranking system goes for speed over everything else. So we you just gotta blast through these fights. Don't bother with that fight. And you know, people were communicating and talking and trying to crack the code for this game that they had such limited access to, so they could get that card. And you know, people would do the demo, like have their turn, and then go back to the start of the line so they could do another crack at it. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I never had the opportunity to play the demo until it uh, was available for download on PS4 and Xbox uh, Xbox One. Yeah, that's that's whichever <laughs> whichever of the Xboxes. Oh, my was God, the naming conventions are so bad. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. Uh, but even still, like there was just kind of this thing of like, oh, man, oh, man, I <laughs> I got to play this game. But also let's let's try to figure this out and. It, it, there was just there was this wild i don't want to call it a manic energy but like it it was this electric crackle of excitement for like trying to figure out something new after the series had been dormant for a decade holy crap it had been yeah we we had the reboot but like this is like this dmc is 4 we... i remember playing dmc 4 at at our friend coop's house in wouldn't have been middle school, would it? It would have been middle school. Oh my fucking Game came god, out we're in like so old. <laughs> Dylan, we're so old. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> yeah. So, I man, I love those games. They're 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 good fucking games. But yeah, anyway. I mean, there's another there's another example right there. How many times have you tried to get me to play <laughs> Devil May Cry two or three? Not two, three. three. Yeah, definitely not two. I want you to like the series. <laughs> But yeah, like we, and I've I've done it a couple times, but like back when Dylan and I lived together, at least once a month, you would be like, eh? hey Chris, what are you doing right now? Eh? Are you sure I, you're not I feel like I feel like Don't you're caricaturizing me a bit. It wasn't once a month. It's probably like once every two months. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, like it, I mean, I think that's part of it too, is like, I think that, and I don't want to paint with too broad of a brush, but just speaking from like my experiences and how I am, but also just like thinking of almost everybody I know, people like sharing the shit that they love. Yeah. Like I, I'm sure there are some people out there who are going to listen to this and be like, no, I love what I love is mine and it's only for me. (laughs) Uh, And like, cool. Enjoy play, enjoy things the way you want to enjoy them. Mm -hmm. But I feel like it's a pretty, universal thing to like if you get a lot of joy out of something you want to share that with the people that you like you want to you know if i really love pokemon and somebody i know somehow mentions that they like haven't played a pokemon game or they mention that they have been curious about pokemon i'm gonna be like well come with me (laughs) have i got a saga for you uh and I think that that is, there's something about that that makes playing a game communally really resonate because hopefully you like the games you're playing. Because if you're not, God, play, I, would, play, I would hope so. Play better games. Play games that I'm not going to say better. Just play games that you like. Don't don't waste your time playing games that you don't enjoy just because someone says you should. But like, if you are if you have found this game that you love and that makes that is fun for you you're going to want to share it with other people. And for some people, that sharing manifests as like Twitch streaming and Let's Playing. For some, it manifests as like, hey, 
as soon as this virus is gone, come over to my place and we're going to sit on the couch and I'm going to, I'm going to show you Katamari Damacy mm-hmm. or whatever the fuck. And I think that that's really interesting. And I think that it's cool. The, all the different ways that that impulse to share games has like manifested over the years from like arcades up to Twitch. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe this is needlessly high-minded, but I think it's interesting. I, I I wouldn't say it's. Well, I mean, I I don't know what I would label as high-minded, but <laughs> <laughs> again, a quote I do not remember who to correctly attribute it to. Uh, but you were talking about fighting games, Chris. Someone pointed out that the best time to get into a fighting game is when it first drops, and that's going to be because. You know, even if people are familiar with the previous games, there's still a lot of, there's new mechanics, there might be new inputs for different moves, uh, new properties, possibly a new physics engine, Um, even if there isn't, you know, necessarily level design to learn, there's still this idea that, like, every player is discovering what they can do in this new play space. And so, I have never really... I've never been so into fighting games that I've gotten involved in the community when a new game drops. And so that'll be interesting to see if, like... Because I'm excited for Guilty Gear Strive and I'm excited for King of Fighters 15. Hell yeah! Um, and I I want to see, like, what comes out of those games. And I'm, I'm a little more motivated to finally take the plunge and, you know, see what I can get out of the, you know, dipping my toe into the culture. Um... You know, and just my toe. I don't know. I'm not going for esports or right, right. But there's nothing wrong with with casual play or something like that. Exactly, and, and I, I, think I think that's kind of mm-hmm. just to to go with that. I think that that's kind of what is interesting about because I'm I'm with you. Like, I have never been a part of a game community like as it's coming out. I guess the closest is like. Back when I was playing Magic more regularly, I would be mm-hmm. like, you know, I'd go to pre-releases for a new set. But I think that it sounds interesting, the potential of, like, this fighting game has been out for a week. Which means that the gap between me and the people who are very good at it is way smaller than it's going to be in a month. Right. I think that would be cool. Yeah, and I, have to buy I, I also just PS5 feel like it's not... Before Guilty Gear Strive comes out. <laughs> Yeah, that's the one issue, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but, like, yeah, I guess it's, like... Because, you know, obviously when games come out, like, we'll be like, ha, huh, look at this funny cutscene that happened. Or, you know, ah, oh, this was a fun little set piece. But I don't think I've ever been involved in a game where the community has been so geared towards figuring it out. And the closest thing I have to that is uh, with Devil May Cry 5. So... Yeah, it's it's something that like I've only really recently been even conscious of and it's it's something I'm really interested to to figure out more and to uh engage with more. And that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know. I I think that I guess my closing statement for this is that I just miss couch co-op. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, there's still some very good couch co-op games that are coming out every now and then. But, man, I miss that being, like, a bigger part of kind of the game ecosystem. Hey, Scott Pilgrim's back out. Oh, my God, yes. And I 
I uh, I just watched a the uh, the AGDQ speed run of River City Girls, mm. which is making me really want to boot up the the file of that that I had been sharing with my fiance mm-hmm. and fire that up again because man. I just want to play Double Dragon every day. Yeah. Oh, man. Streets of Rage is so... Anyway, we're getting away from Hey, anyway. Let me know. Let us know via social media, which Dylan will tell you about in a moment, about any games or any experiences with games that you feel were enhanced by doing them with other people. Uh, We didn't even get into the world of fucking, like, tabletop games, which are all the... all oh, entirely the thing we've been talking nature, about. <laughs> their uh, yeah, but like, let us let us know about a a memory you have or a game that you've played that is what it is because of the fact that you were playing it with other people, either, whether that was in the same room or online. Uh, you know, at this point, I'll take either. But <laughs> on top of that, thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you enjoyed listening to Backstage Gaming, and I hope that you will continue to do so in the future. And maybe the past, if you go back and listen to our old stuff. Whether you do that or not, remember that you can find us wherever you get your podcasts. That's at the iTunes Store, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, uh, Stitcher, whatever whatever podcatcher you like to use. And remember to leave a rating and a review if you like us. Tell people about us. Spreading by word of mouth is a thing that viruses and our show have in common. Oh no, why did that? Why is that the thing I said? <laughs> Anyway, you can also find us at our website, bsgpod.com. It's got info about the show. It's got info about me and Dylan. It's got a contact form if you want to reach us, bsgpod.com. Hey, Dylan, social media? Yeah, you can find us on Facebook and on Twitter, where our handle is at bsg underscore cast. Um, and, you know, if you want to engage with us in any sort in any capacity, uh, we would like to say uh, that if you use the hashtag BSGpod, that'll help us get some more traffic going. So we would really appreciate that. Also, huge, huge thanks to our friend Brendan French for the key art he has provided our show. He does really good stuff, and I'm just going to keep talking to mask the fact that I don't have the right page open, so I'm gonna... <laughs> I, I don't know if it'll show up in the final waveform, but I could very clearly hear you typing there, which was really funny. <laughs> uh, I hope it does. But anyway, um, yeah, so if you want to check out Brennan's stuff, you can find him on his Squarespace at brennan-french.squarespace.com That is B-R-E-N-N That's two N's E-N hyphen french dot squarespace dot com you can also find him on instagram dot com slash brennan french arts and on twitter at brennan underscore french we also need to say thank you to our friend BioQuery. He's the musician behind our theme song, Dot Sound Radio Volume 1 Instrumentality. If you like that song, you can find more of his great electronica by going to soundcloud.com slash BioQuery. That's soundcloud.com slash B-I-O-Q-U-E-R-Y. Or by going to Spotify and searching for BioQuery. Uh, thanks again to the HP Video Game Podcast Network for having us on the network. Find all of their shows being retweeted over on Twitter at HPVGPodNetwork. And thanks again to our patrons at patreon.com slash bsgpod. If you like our show and you want to support us fungibly, Patreon... Excuse me. <laughs> if you like our show and want to support it in a very direct way, patreon.com slash bsgpod is the place to do that. Anything else, Dylan? I got nothing. All right. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening. And go... 
play games with friends, but not in person. I'll know if you do, and I'll hate you. <laughs> well, damn. Goodbye. Bye, everybody. Bye.